for anyone visiting and living in central Tokyo, come visit the Nakameguro Tap Room from Baird Brewery. Opened in 2008, Nakameguro Tap Room is the first Tokyo area tap room from Baird Brewery. Their kitchen specializes in New Haven style a p e t s which I have told you is the best style of Neapolitan pizza. New Haven style places a high emphasis on high temperature baking, fresh seasonal toppings, and a crispy light crust. Combined with all the classic Japan based Baird beers on tap, enjoy all vintage beer hall feels at Nakameguro Tap Room. There's even a sofa area and a large TV screen great for sporting events. Only a two minute walk from Nakameguro Station, the tap room is open daily until 10 p.m. For more information, visit BairdBeer.com. A lot of guys do ask me, though, like, oh, how much were you getting paid when you first got out here? And I would tell them. I never told them how that changed or how that dynamic changed, but I would tell them, like, oh, I came out here basically getting paid、uh, Sanjumon, right? So about $3,000. I mean, obviously the exchange rate is different now, but. Yeah, so essentially for me, and it, and I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, that's it, or oh, like what? Like, because I had lost football. Football got taken away from me because of an injury. For me, it was, I get to play the game again. I get to visit Japan when, you know, Japan, Asian culture has such a big influence on Hawaii, right? Like, I get to go to Japan. I get to live in another country all because of a game? Hell yeah, sign me up. And I get to knock some people around? Like, come on now. What, like, like, where's the, like, where's the downside to this, you know? And. Hey there. Welcome to Made in Japan Conversations with Meljo Catalan. This is my podcast about Japan, but it's not just your run of the mill, cool Japan podcast. I want to explore a side of Japan besides sushi and sumo, anime and video games. I'm here to extrapolate and meditate with the local people that your travel guide probably doesn't touch on, people that are hungry for making it, and people that have made it. This podcast is my talks with them. Ayo! What is happening, everyone? This is Meljo Catalan, and I am their host of the Made in Japan podcast.、Uh, if you are new to this pod of mine,、um, welcome. And first and foremost, I just want to put it out there that Made in Japan podcast is a donation based podcast. So if you like what you hear, and if you like all the stories that,、uh, of my guests, Uh, please check out my Ko fi page. That is ko fi.com slash made in Japan podcast. And I do like the feedback that I get from listeners giving me some positive feedback when they hear different people from all walks of life、uh, sharing their stories on this pod of mine. And that brings up a lot of、uh, fire in me that. Keeps this pod going. So,、uh, thank you for all who have donated and thank you for all who have given me the good vibes throughout these years. And so, we are moving on, moving on today with something,、um, let's say it's a season right now, and the season is football season.、Uh, And I am talking about American football, one of my favorite、uh, sports to watch. And I think most people don't even realize、uh, people who、uh, are planning to come to Japan or people who live in Japan, most people don't even realize that there actually is a professional f- American football league here called the X League in Japan. And so, with the, with the season, football season beginning, I am very stoked to have. My next guest on.、Um, he goes by the name of BJ Beatty Jr.、Um, he is a retired defensive end slash linebacker f- from the professional f- Japanese football team, Obik Seagulls.、Uh, during his tenure,、um, he won four All X League team member, which is basically like four Pro Bowls. 
And with the Obex Seagulls, he has won three Japan X-Bowl championships, which is like, uh, you know, Japan's equivalent of the Super Bowl championships. Um, yeah, BJ, he comes from a, a football family, you know, from a, a native of Hawaii, and uh, he moves on to uh, Colorado University, where he made a name of himself as a linebacker. And then his story takes a turn. Um, instead of the NFL, he goes to Japan, to the X League. And um, we are here to listen to his story. So for those of you who are really into football, I should say football, as Americans would say, or for the outside of America, American football, uh, this is the pod episode for you. Um, but for those of you who are you know, kind of interested of like what BJ's uh, story is about and uh, uh, what he does with the you know with his love of the game, uh, you know I, I'm sure you might take of interest to uh, his story. I, I will say that we do a little bit deep dive into some you know strategy and 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 uh, formations and uh, talking about a little bit of, you know football talk, right? So, but. Um, I was just so glad that he was able to come on, uh, took away from his uh, busy time training, and uh, talk about his story and what will he'll be doing in the future after uh, his retirement this year. And so, without further ado, this is BJ Beatty Jr., former defensive end for the Obix Seagulls. And here we go. for inviting me cheers um first important matter Mm -hmm. is uh are are you into superheroes are you into marvel or i'm not sure i don't know yeah but if you had that chance well who's your favorite superhero and if you had the chance to star in a movie Mm -hmm. which superhero would you be so my favorite superhero Hands down is Superman. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but if I could play anybody, if I could be any superhero, yeah. Thor. Okay. I had a, I had something different because when I first when I, before I got in here, you think I was, I was Aquaman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I yeah. think Aquaman has a bad rap, man. Oh and yes, I, when, yes, the yes, yes. I think, So. Dude, the guy, Aquaman, is the, he's a badass. Yes, but the funny because thing is, this, no, you, because how old are you? 41. Okay, so our generation, I'm a little bit younger than you, but our generation grew up with what image is Aquaman? Right, so the 80s. The Aquaman. white, blonde hair guy, right? But I'm like, I, I was riding my bike here, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? BJ can pull up an Aquaman. <laughs> he can do it. I used to have the long hair, and that's kind of why, like, when you asked me that, I was like, but, you know, my long hair back in the day, I was like, oh, Thor. You got the build. <laughs> you, I mean, you're Hawaiian. Yeah. I can see you communicating with the dolphins and the whales. That'd be awesome. That'd be I'm awesome. Like, literally, like, people sleep on Aquaman. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Why? Why is that like, They did that movie a lot, especially for like DC right now. Exactly. In all honesty, they've had, in my opinion, they've only had two hits, and it's been Wonder Woman and Aquaman. <laughs> exactly. And, but like, just think about his powers. Like, oh, if, I would love that because I'm. If your life was threatened, I love sharks. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's like I just roll up, be like, hey, like to a great white, be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, hey, let's go get this food. Or or orcas. Yeah. Yeah, a like, lot of orcas just, yeah, like, just, coming in. There's, <laughs> like, some dudes on a boat, like, get him, Just chilling, like. I just never understood what, why did he get such a bad rap, even before the movie came out. I, I think there's a lot understood. of people who just always rag on the fact that he's... It's kind of like, um... 
it, it's like that Family Guy gay. Have you you, you know exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about, right? It's like the 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 guy has the girl on the beach, and he's like, oh, if you were in the water, like that's kind of. I feel like that's the rap, right? Like he's kind of useless on land, so it's like once it goes on land, he's like, oh, okay. How Earth is uh trending right now? We're probably mostly gonna be underwater. Oh, probably in the yeah. Future. It's gonna be uh, so, what was that? That movie is terrible, but uh, was it Waterworld? Waterworld. Oh, that's all that. You're taking me way back, man. Oh, that. I remember it was like funny because I because that was what early 90s yes yeah. and I'm still like I'm like six seven years old and I remember watching it and I'm like you mean the whole world is covered in water and there's one island is all that's left I was like I'm pretty sure you could find it all you would have to do is like go to like Everest or like the Himalayas either head towards where the Himalayas used to be or like Hawaii is the the volcano in Hawaii, Mount Kea, is yeah. technically yeah. the tallest mountain in the world because it right. starts below the sea floor. Right, right. So it's like, or just head towards Hawaii, where Hawaii used to be. Like, I'm like, you either gotta go one or two places, right? I, I know you grew up in a in a very big football family. Yeah. Right? And I, I I learned that your, your dad played. Mm-hmm. Your 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 brothers. My brother brothers played with me. Played yes. With you. There's uh, actually a baby brother who's. Here going to the University of Nihon or Nichidai. Nichidai. He just got here back in June. Wow. So all three brothers, there's four of us. There's a sister between me and the brother I played with. But all three boys in my family are in Japan. What was your uncle? My uncle, yeah. 13, 13 years? Yeah. Well, for, wait. The, he played for the, the Saints, Saints, and then he played for the Jacksonville Jackson, Jaguars. Jaguars. Uh, what was his position? He was a guard. He played right wow. right guard. Bad yeah. respect. You got to be an animal. He guard. missed, in 13 years, he missed one game. Wow. And it was because he tore his quad. Wow. And that's the only game he ever missed. Did he play with Tony Baselli? Um, I don't think so maybe if he did I f- so I was still like really young and like I didn't really know the players like that because yeah, yeah. me you know well, he was just inducted in the Hall of Fame yeah, like, yeah and like me I was so locked in on just my uncle that I really didn't know okay. like at least as like Tony Vaselli like now I know who he is and now I know of his I mean as I got older I learned of his you know legend and stuff like that but you know I knew like he played with um Byron Leftwich who's who's the OC at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he played with Fred Taylor who was like yes and like just yeah one of the toughest running backs right and just like he played with Ricky Williams at the Saints so yeah so like my uncle Oh yeah, I mean it was it was insane like cuz I don't he's my uncle. Right. You know, and I always just grew up and he was Uncle Chris to so, me. What was it like in the family like I mean I think the culture was really strong, right? Well, even just within my own family, you got to go back and you got to look up Kohuku High School. Okay, we're talking uh, my, Oahu? Oahu, the North Shore of Oahu. And when you talk about that high school, and if you ever talk to anybody in the state of Hawaii, it don't matter what island they're from, if you bring up Kahuku High School, they're all going to know one thing. Football. Okay. And my so you go back to my dad, right? My dad in the late 80s was probably one of the best linebackers. And I, and I sound biased, but there, it, I mean, we still have the news articles. We have his player of the years, his player of the years, not just in football, but in basketball. We have all his plaques still. We actually still, going back and just going through all my old stuff, we found his old high school jersey, you know? And um, so, you know, he was somewhat of a big name as well. Then there was my uncle Chris. Now he's my mom's brother. So it was a different last name. Bloodline, right? Still the same. So, Growing up, I mean, it's not just, it wasn't just my family. It's that entire side of the island. There's a joke. There's a joke on our side of the island. Friday nights, you can literally rob the North Shore because no one's going to be home. Everybody is going to be at the field, locked in. Um, So we do the, kind of like the Florida State, right? We have the tomahawk chop. We have the the little doom, 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 doom. I was actually thinking about the movie Friday Night Lights. Yo, like, I'm telling you, and... The scary thing is it's a small community. So, you know, it's 
cousins, it's aunties, uncles, it's, you know, it's literally family, you know, and like that, that community, growing up in that community, it's, it's insane. And I, I was, I was blessed to have grown up in such a community. So, you, I mean, I'm sure you loved it since you were a kid, like, like playing I did, but you, you're going to have a hard time believing this. Okay. When I first started playing football, I wanted to play football so bad yeah. because my dad was so well-known for it. My uncle was well-known for it. It was the it was king in our community if, you know, football was everything. Did they or family. Ever, like, you know, you know how some dads are, like, they want to share their dream to their children. Was your dad like that too? My dad was... My dad was very hard on me, and it took me a long, it, I, I hated it at first. So my dad was my high school coach from my freshman to junior year. I went straight to varsity. I went from playing Pop Warner, I went from playing Pop Warner, literally playing with little kids, eighth grade. My very first year, as a freshman, I'm playing against juniors and seniors. Okay, you gotta, you gotta go back even before that. In Pop Warner, I didn't play much. In Pop Warner, I literally sat on the bench. And it's called, they were we, we were called, players like that, we were called PPRs. And it was like, we had, so we had to play a minimum of uh, four plays per half. So I, I got eight plays. A majority of my career in Pop Warner, I got eight plays per game. I would play the opening kickoff or kick return. Yeah. I would play the first three plays of offense or defense, whichever was up. And then that was it. And I would sit. And, just sit hang out. and I would sit on the sideline. <laughs> Halftime rolls around. Yeah. Opening the second half. Kickoff, kick return, offense or defense. Done for the day. And I knew that for a lot of my career. And... Um, my dad took me from that and was like, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And he took me as a 160-pound freshman up. Wow. And he threw me into the fire, and I went against 300, 310-pound old linemen every week. And you got to add on, <laughs> I'm a coach's son. Yeah. And my dad is a hard ass. Yeah. And he's a hard ass for a reason. He's very well loved. As a coach, he's very well loved in my community. But a lot of young players, especially the guys on offense, didn't take to him well because of how my dad was. Especially, you know, if you were on defense, you loved my dad. My, you, you knew what my dad he was, was all about. He you towards the defense. Oh, yeah. My family... Outside of my baby brother, yeah. our family is 100% defense. My dad's a linebacker. I play D-line. Yeah. My brother I played with here in Japan is a safety. Oh, safety, okay. Yeah, so, you know, my baby brother tried to play D-line. Because, okay. you know, that's where he thought that's where his position was. But me and my dad knew, no, you're, you're going to be an O-lineman. I mean, he's 6'4". He's got gorilla arms. His arms are long as hell. He's got the frame. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're meant to be an O-lineman. But... Um, like going back to my dad, like, you know, so a lot of offensive linemen just looked at me as a freshman, like, oh, if Coach B is going to cuss me out, this is how I want to take it out on him. I'm going to whoop his son's ass. And it was, it was brutal. I mean, like, you were aware of this too? Oh, I was aware. I was fully aware of it. But, but it was, what was I going to do? My dad, like, you know, growing up most of my career, it was, I'm named after my dad. Yeah. So I'm Byron Jr. And even in Pop Warner, I, I had a coach or two just literally tell me, how are you your father's son? And it would, that, that would hurt. That would hurt. And, and for a long time, I didn't think I could live up to it, you know, and, um, you know, my dad, my dad drove me, you know, he, he, he really would, we would, I mean, you talk about, we'd be up at five, six in the morning on the beach. We're on the beach for an hour, two hours, right? And he'd drive, you know, he would bury me. And, and, and I look back on it and I needed that. I needed it because I wasn't big. I wasn't strong. I wasn't fast, you know, and that freshman year, I really, I took a ass whooping. Right, right. And like, there's a lot of stuff my dad didn't know. I, you know, a lot of stuff happened in the locker room that I just kind of took. Yeah. 
and I never did go and I, I could have easily went to my dad I could have easily went like dad so and so's punking me so and so's slapping me upside my head so and so's doing this yeah. but I remember if I always depend on him how the hell am I gonna grow up how the hell am I gonna get stronger how the hell am I gonna become who I want to become So that leads me to my next question. In high school, when was your come out game? When was the game? What was the? Game? It wasn't a, so much of a game, but it was more. And I've and I've I've told a lot of people about this, and especially in Japan. A lot of people, you know, they they know me here. They know my playing career here. Right, right. And a lot of when I tell people, like, oh, I was terrible. I, I've seen you. I mean, I, I when I was watching your uh, doing research on you, mm -hmm. I was seeing your your college years. I'm like, dude. <laughs> but <laughs> but a lot of it, right? So but, but uh, high school, I, I, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. When was that time? It then? was it was so it was um, the spring of my freshman year, summer kind of that spring summer. Um, I went. So in the springtime, I actually, my uncle, who was playing in the NFL at the time, and he was at like his peak. And like 300, like 20 pounds, you know, just 6'3", like, like strong as a bull doesn't even, that's that's like an insult. To say as he's as strong as a bull is like an insult. Cause he's been retired for, I don't even know how long. And yeah, he works out and stuff like that. But like, like, like when I tell you this man is like 50 something years old and when I shake his hand and I'm not a little kid anymore like I'm you know and I shake his hand and I can still feel like how strong this man is it's like that it's it's scary well I mean I, for uh, for listeners who don't even know about football so much like the the offensive line and the defensive lines the offensive line guard you I mean you've got to be a bull a bull Yes. <laughs> on the inside because guys are coming from not just you know yeah when you're a tackle the guy is there yeah. you know when you're in the inside there's a guy to your right there's a guy to your left so you you know yeah so I mean but anyway going back so in the spring he was home for the off season we fly to Kauai for it was about two weeks and he like so I was working out with him so we just working out we're going through workouts nothing nothing too crazy about the third or fourth day and in the yard no we're just you know we're not at some facility we're literally in the front yard which is all you need so we get done with our workout and he goes all right let's do some one-on-ones <laughs> and i'm like all right cool i'm naive okay i'm a freshman in high school going going to be a sophomore and i'm thinking like oh yeah he's gonna you know yeah you gotta take it easy i mean he's a professional athlete like what you know no my naive ass very first rep he hits me with his left hand so hard I went about five yards to my left like he just like annihilated me and I like was like yo and I looked at him like whoa you know and he was like what line back up let's go and I'm like all right so we go again and he uh he calls it a hip throat technique so he puts a he puts a hand, he put his right hand on my throat and he put his left hand on my hip and he just turned me sideways. And literally I just turned sideways and spoon slam on the ground. And I'm like, uncle, yo, come on. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like a little, like I'm a little 15, 16 year old kid. And, and, and he just tells me, you know, shut up, shut the F up. Let's go line up. Like what, what you gonna do about it? What you gonna do about it? You know, like, and we go again, he buries me again. And we probably went at it for maybe a good like 12, 13 reps. And on that 12 or 13 rep, he literally grabs me, like I come off the edge and he just grabs me by my throat and just, for a lack of a better term, he chokeslammed me. Boom! And I remember I snapped. I don't know what I was thinking. No, like I'm 165 pounds. He's 320, he's double my size massive man i i snap i pop up and i swing and i hit him in his face didn't even phase him first off it, it, it like it didn't even phase him no my uncle is there's a reason why my uncle played for 13 years he's he's a little loose up there yeah yeah and so when i connected my thought was oh my god he's going to kill me and so my first thought was i hit him 
and I just cover up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I just cover up, and I'm like, he's gonna beat me into the ground. I'm gonna have broken ribs. I'm gonna have all kinds of broken bones and everything. Most people don't realize that when you play professional football, whether you know either in Japan mm-hmm. or in NFL. We're talking a different breed of humans. Oh my god, yes. This is a different yes. breed. Yes. Like, this is, we're talking Greek gods. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, I remember, like, my, my, my former teammate here in Japan, he's like, you, we're literally, like, trained to go to battle. Yeah, and just, pretty much. And, like, right. body slam people and, like. And, and you know, I, I sorry to. Uh, no, no, digress, no, no, but, no. Like, I think about this too, because I, like, I, I like taking take, 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 take care of my body, I like mm-hmm. keeping shape. But like, there's a very big difference with, between bodybuilding and then having being in football shape, in yep. my opinion. Yeah, big difference. And like, you look at a, a professional football player, and you look like a at like a person who just likes lifting weights. Mm-hmm. It's it's night and day. To oh me. yeah, it's I mean, you're gonna have those. Obviously, you're gonna have those those athletes, those football players that have the physique, right? Yeah. That they have the ripped and everything yeah. like that. It's more than just the appearance, right? Yeah. They know how to use that body. They know how to, and it's like. Over the years, it's crazy, like, the little things, like, like, I've played this game for a long time, and, like, just the little things that I would just do naturally, it's like, boom, boom, my, my reactionary. So, let's let's talk about that transition from mm-hmm. high school to, to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you definitely learned a lot from your family, mm-hmm. and you, you went to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, why Colorado? <laughs> and, this, and, yeah, so, it's actually funny, my uncle also went to the University of Colorado. Oh, make, okay, yeah. So, but but that actually didn't play as much of a role as people think. Okay. It played a little bit. Okay. But um, yeah. So like when I was I was very lucky enough. I actually was um, a three year starter. So that sophomore year was my coming out year. Okay. I like somehow figured it out. I I started as a sophomore, took off from there. Um, was very blessed I, I i was successful for those three years and i got recruited by a lot of schools and um the reason why i chose colorado over a lot of different schools was because it actually wasn't like i'm literally from if you ever watch the original jurassic park where okay so you know the scene where the doctor is running with the two kids and they jump behind the log yeah yeah that's literally my backyard that log is literally probably about a not even maybe about a mile less than a mile from where i grew up you know um so that's where i grew up i literally grew up there's cattle in my backyard the ocean in my front and there's nothing there so i go to boulder colorado small little quiet college town you could have a good time there but it wasn't overwhelming like i didn't feel like like i, I literally was from the country so when i went there it felt comfortable it felt comfortable. I didn't feel too like, oh, I'm in the big city and things like what about that. The climate, like, that didn't bother me as much. Looking? You know what I mean? And then it was like 18 years of living in Hawaii, and my mom, my mom wanted me to stay home so bad. She wanted me to go to the University of Hawaii so bad. She actually offered to buy me a brand new truck. She said, if you stay home to play for the University of Hawaii, I will buy you a truck. And I said, nah. Wow. Because I wanted, you know, I'm I'm the oldest of four, yeah. and I wanted to just be able to do it on my own. When you visited, I'm sure you visited mm-hmm. the school first, mm-hmm. and was it the coaches? Was it the program? Like, like it was it was partly so. It was between a coaching change, and so my my head coach was um, Dan Hawkins, who was at Boise State prior, okay. and he had been like on this skyrocket of a career. Right, they were they were going, you know, Boise. He took Boise. And as far as he probably thought he could, and the Big 12 came calling, Colorado, right? So why not? And uh, he was recruiting me at Boise already. But um, but when I got there, you know, and we, my uncle went there in the 90s, right? He went there in the early 90s. Um, he called me and he said, I'm not going to tell you to go to Colorado, but you're going to go there and you're going to see why I went there. And so... Um, yeah, you're coming in from the so you're coming from the airport, right? So Denver Airport, and um, Denver Airport's like in the middle of nowhere. So we're just driving, 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 and you're coming. So before Boulder sits in a valley, right? And as you're coming, you kind of go up this steep highway, and then it just peaks, and you just take in the whole valley. 
and that's that's all I needed to see. Wow. It wasn't a big city. Like I said, I felt comfortable because it wasn't a big town. It wasn't a city, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, naturally, it was just like I was like, oh my god, like wow. this is gorgeous. You know, this is. I can see myself here for four years. I can see myself being comfortable here. You know, not feeling like I'm out of my element too much. Right. You know. It, it seems like that because I mean, when you you were playing there, mm-hmm. like you did so well. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you add on the fact that at the time Colorado was in the Big Twelve. Yeah. So I'm gonna play Texas. I'm gonna play Oklahoma. I'm gonna play Nebraska. I'm gonna play Kansas State. You know. Um, our non-conferences were like West Virginia, Arizona State. So it was like... like you're, you're, you're naming teams with big big, linemen. Yes. Like really big and, and it was like... I'm not... I want, I'm not supposed to play at that level. Yeah. I'm not... Where my football career started, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. But in my... You know, like, like I said, it all started to add up. It was... I felt comfortable. It was a gorgeous campus. My uncle went here. Yeah. Like, how cool would that be? And I never really told him that. I never really told him, like, it, like I said, it played a small factor. So and he, he didn't know that you decided? Yeah, no. uh, the only people that knew, the first people I told were my mom and my dad. Okay, okay, okay. And it, 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 I'm not gonna lie, it came down to, it came down to the to University of Colorado and it came down to Boise State. Okay. And the hard thing was for me was, and like, like I said, I wanted to go away. But there was always still that part of me that I wanted to come back yeah, to. Yeah. So Boise plays the University of Hawaii. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, if I go to Boise, in my career, I come home twice to play in Hawaii. You know? And my dad was like, well, he you know, he talked about we, we talked about it. He's like, you know, because I told him I feel comfortable in both. Boise's not a very big town as well, right? It's very, you know, relaxed small town in Idaho. But he said, look. Like, if you go to Boise, your toughest competition is who? Fresno State. You know, right now, at that point, Boise was just like, boom, like above everyone. So it was, there was no competition. It was, I would play at Boise State and I probably would have been walking in every game like, oh yeah, we're going to mop these guys and I'm just going to go home with a smile. Like, I got there and um, you want to talk about being welcome to college football. So I redshirted my freshman year, didn't play in any game. My my first game action ever. Um, I wasn't expected to play. We were playing the University of Oklahoma, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is the quarterback. They got the Mark the the Marco Murray. They got all these like they're number they're number three. They are number three in the nation, and they're coming to our house. They're average. They were averaging like sixty points a game, and they were coming to our house and. Um, the starter. I was I was the second string guy. The starter, his helmet, like some buckle, like busted. Oh, okay. So I had to go in for a play. My very first play in college football was against Trent Williams, <laughs> who, and at the time I didn't, you know, I knew he was a guy. I didn't know he was become Trent Williams. <laughs> Our coach calls the play, and it was for me to blitz. Against Trent Williams, <laughs> this guy's like six seven, a massive human being, massive and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, well, I can just, I'm just gonna barrel into him, cause what's the worst that's gonna happen, right? I'm gonna so barrel. You, 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 yeah, you were linebacker, right? I was a, I was a line, so I started as a linebacker, but because I was a D lineman in high school, I kind of had that pass rush element to me. So, okay. I. This was before like hybrid and edge were really like so like I was kind of before like what they call an edge player now right. Oh, so what was the defense? Was it like a four three defense? We had a fourth, so we were a four man. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very complicated, but we were sure. a a four down front. Yeah. But with a three three five personnel. So I was like a DN, but I was technically a linebacker. So we could move around how we wanted to. Were you you in a I would be in a stance. I could, depending on what the play call was, I could be in a stance. I could be back. back, I could be on this, like. So my position was very mobile. And because of that, and then our, we didn't really technically have a Sam, we had a nickel. 
So a lot of, you know, and I mean, obviously, yeah, we're going to have the base, the 4-3. We had a base 4-3, a base 3-4, just a matchup personnel-wise. But, um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, you're, yeah. you're supposed to be blitzing Trent yeah. Williams. And I just, <laughs> I just ran into him full speed. What like, And, you know, I knocked him back for about maybe two, three yards, and then he just grabbed me. And tossed me like the little kid I was, just like your and, uncle. And I was just like, and I was just like, I was like, well, now I'm in college football. Here we go, like you know. And I got, I went right back out, and the and the starter came right back in. But um, we won. Nice. We we beat Oklahoma. They were the number they were, three. They were, they were number three in the country, and we beat them. And I mean, let I that was insane. We beat. That must them. have been a great feeling, though. Oh my gosh! Like I like. Whoa! I can't even like. Oh, he's even thinking about it, man. It's like I like. It's like it was yesterday. Still, I can still remember. I can still feel like the. So we kicked the we kicked the field goal to to, to win it. And Bob Stoops was the coach, and we were thinking, oh, he's gonna call a timeout. He's gonna try and ice our guy. Didn't do it. Boom! Put it right through the uprights, and just like pandemonium, just that insane. Like they get our, so the year the season prior, we went two and ten. So we weren't even supposed to be in that game, like, and we just pulled it off somehow. Yeah. I actually don't know. Did you try for the draft for the NFL draft? So that that was kind of a um, I was a rough phase. Um, so I was actually working out, trying to prepare for my pro day. Oh, yeah, our pro day, right? Yeah. Um, so I was working out and trying to get ready for our pro day. Um, week before, I break a bone in my left foot. Um, couldn't walk for about six to eight months. So NFL's a business. They can't use you. And... And I wasn't like a guy who's like, oh yeah, we can wait for him. I was kind of a borderline guy. I was whether or not I was gonna get on a roster. This was this was your fourth year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 2000, I redshirted and then I played. Um, 2010 was my okay. last, season. last season. Yeah, I graduated. I got my degree in 2011, the spring of 2011. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a dark, dark time for me. Um, yeah. I actually never. And even to this day, I've never seen, I don't count the Pro Bowl. I've seen the Pro Bowl, but it's the Pro Bowl. You know, they're, the players aren't really, you know, they're more there having fun. Yeah. It's just an accolade. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to enjoy Hawaii, which I get. Um, I've never seen an NFL game because I always told myself my very first, I've never seen one live. Oh, really? Because I always told myself, and I, and I, and I, I could have went to how many Broncos games, but I always told myself my very first NFL game, I'm going to be on the sideline. And that's why I never went to watch Broncos games and things like that. And um, yeah, so like the NFL was just like that, like that. And I mean, it, it. I don't want to like. No, I don't even know. No, yeah, no. I don't want to like open up a, a wound. Oh no, no, no! Trust I me. Know it's tough, man. No, no, I that wound. Yeah. No, <laughs> that wound ain't a wound no more. Um, because everybody always asks me like, "Oh, do you think you could have made it? Do you think you could have?" And I'm like, I don't know because you know. Here's why I don't. I don't dwell on that. As a kid, yes, when I was young, yes, it hurt, and I, you know. It took me some time to get through it, but then, and I want to say it was about my, it was after my first year here being in Japan, um, is what helped me finally get through it. And I I love this part of your story, BJ, because it's like, how did that happen? Because it's it's like, you were in that dark period, and then all of a sudden... You got this invitation. You're, you're yeah. Um, <laughs> you're I mean, it was it was it was a super dark. And I mean, if my two best friends from college ever, I need to thank them a lot because I actually went. I I took to drinking. I took to like I I didn't know uh, the the relationship I had at the time. That's that went like completely sideways as well. And. I didn't take that very well. So you add on to the fact that, and I had been, we'd been dating for a long time and that went sideways. Football was gone and 
I had yeah, and it was it was it was rough for about a good two weeks. I was I was bumming on my two best friends' couch just all every day, just taking to the bottle. And I remember, and I remember, and and and, 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 I'm, and I'm 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 gonna send this to them, and they know this. This is the only me being completely annihilated is the only time they'd be able to beat me in a fight. <laughs> Cause they came back one day, and and this is like I and they and they 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 called they called me out they called me out and they put me in my place and and I finally went back I finally went back home and I I needed to get away from from Boulder I needed to go back to the islands um and I went home and you know that was a rough period as well and so this is what now two thousand. 2011 yeah so I go home around the summertime um, I start working at uh, right down the road from where I live I start working at Koala Ranch as an ATV tour guide um, and I was just kind of doing that and just um, I, I will say this I had no idea what to do with myself without football and you know, and it was one. It's one of those lessons that I had to learn. And now that if I ever talk to young kids now, I always tell them like, don't think of football as the end game. Football ain't the end game. Football can help you get to where you want to go, but don't ever think of it as the end game. Even you know, NFL. Is, oh no, yeah, for not, for long. not for long, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, I was home and I was. And a good family friend of ours happened to come over. Um, his son was sleeping over at his house. We get to talking, and he asked me, "He's like, you think you think you you can still play?" And I told him, "Hell yeah!" And he's like, "All right, well, I'll make a phone call. You need to get in football shape." And I said, "All right, I got you." And uh, so. That was in 2011. I was about, I, I want to say like fall, winter of 2011. Fast forward to May 2012. Um, a former teammate of mine and a form, my former head coach fly to Hawaii. Um, the good family friend of ours, Uncle Dave Stan, he was, he, he used to coach for the team that I played for back in the 90s. Oh, okay. The head coach at Obik at the time was like his protege so he flies out to Hawaii they fly who in my opinion is as far as American players go is the GOAT and is the reason why a lot of us American players are here Um, Kevin Jackson so they both fly out to Hawaii and I I was supposed to work that day so I had no idea what day they were coming Uncle Dave just told me he's like hey they're gonna come within this day I don't know which day they're gonna come to the North Shore like alright cool I get a phone call from Uncle Dave I'm supposed to be at work in about 20 minutes I'm supposed to be at work in about 20 minutes Uncle Dave calls me he's like hey they'll be here in two hours I call Cool Orange I call the guy my manager at the time um, and I was like hey I can't come in and he's like well we're gonna be shorthanded and I was like well I'm sorry and I never told him why I just told him like, I can't come in I got something important and yeah I'm not coming and I was like you can do whatever you want I'm not coming so we go we sit down and they talked about bringing me out in June to come try out or just jump in and practice I walk, I go in the next day to Kualoa and I tell him like oh yeah I'm quitting in two weeks yeah so I fly out here I fly out to Japan they throw me in practice uh, very first play I've never played Mike line. They put me at middle linebacker. I've never played middle linebacker. That's weird. Like, well, they just threw me in. They just threw me. Well, they actually just threw me in at scout. Okay. I, like you know, they were preparing for a game. They were like, "Hey, jump in over here." All right. I haven't played football in two years, but like I said, there's just all those little things that were just like, like my eyes and my brain just started firing. I'm like, boom, boom. I start seeing his stats. I'm like, this formations I don't even know what they're saying because I couldn't speak Japanese at all I couldn't understand anything and I just started seeing things and I'm like I knew exactly where the play was going I was like it's going right here in this a gap usually this guy is the free like this this space is the free space I'm like all right cool I fire through that gap 
Then the running back never saw me coming. <laughs> he gets the handoff, Lights and I, I, I completely didn't even break down. I didn't wrap him up, didn't break him down. I just ran, put my help, put my shoulder into his helmet, and he slapped the ground. A couple plays later, I kind of sniff out a little like tunnel screen right to the receiver. They throw a quick receiver. I, I kind of already saw things happening and just. Um, boom, I take off. The receiver catches it, goes to turn and run, and I just face-to-face. Boom! <laughs> then we rotate out. The head coach walks over to me, and he's like, do you want to play here? I was like, hell yeah. That's why I'm here. And that's how it all... Yeah. And wow. Wait, so you mentioned... Uh, Kevin Jackson, Kevin yeah. Jackson. We call him KJ. KJ. Yeah. So he was already in the team. KJ was... He was seven years in. He was a seven-year vet at the time I joined. So he was well-established. I mean, KJ... KJ came into the league when the league was nowhere near what it looks like now. Um, KJ is... Like I said, he's... To me, he's the GOAT and no one will ever impact it. Because he impacted it in so many ways that like people can't even... like. Sure. Understand. Sure. I, I've always loved that about like, like for example, the League mm-hmm. and like uh, these these uh, American uh, players mm-hmm. coming in and pioneering and, yeah. and teaching, educating. Yeah. And I, I see you mm-hmm. going to be the next. So no, no. no. I, like, I see you. K- KJ. KJ. Like a lot of guys know. <laughs> essentially, we're we're professionals. Yeah. We have professional contracts. We have all this. KJ. <laughs> came here and worked KJ worked a full time job he lived with like four or five other guys something that all these guys now no way no way they could do it even when I came in I lived with two Japanese teammates in a beat up apartment but you know what thankfully it was and it it was it's actually very helpful because they didn't speak English and I had to learn and I had to learn how to communicate with these guys like you know because we had to talk about like splitting bills or doing you know doing just daily stuff and um, like they became like some of my best friends I ever had you know like one of them like to me he's like I've never had a, I'm the oldest but to me he was like my older brother my Japanese older brother and it's just like he like I don't even I call him Fujimo I call him Aniki like I you know like to me he's really like my older brother and it's one of the best ways to learn Japanese guys guys now guys now they don't they don't they, they either live with just the Americans or they all live on their own and and or you know and it's just like I want to live on my own and like things like that and it, it, it was it was you know and like money and all that like it a lot of guys do ask me though like oh how much were you getting paid when you first got out here and i would tell them i never told them how that changed or how that dynamic changed but i would tell them like oh i came out here basically getting paid uh sanjuman right so about three thousand how i mean obviously the exchange rate is different now but yeah so essentially for me and it and i didn't I wasn't like, oh, that's it, or oh, like what, like, cause I had lost football. Football got taken away from me because of an injury. For me, it was I get to play the game again. I get to visit Japan, when you know Japan Asian culture has such a big influence on Hawaii, right? Like, I get to go to Japan. I get to live in another country all because of a game. Hell yeah, sign me up. And I get to knock some people around. Like, come on now, what, like, wh- like, where's the, like, where's the downside to this, you know? And I, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Gridiron Japan podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did listen to a little bit of it, uh-huh. and I love. Uh, and it, I actually, first, first, foremost, I didn't know there was a podcast for. Yeah, they actually uh, just kicked up last year. Uh, yeah, I, did, I had no idea yeah. there was a podcast yeah. about, uh, yeah. you know professional football in Japan, yeah. right? So I just, you know, I just listened to a little bit of it because I wanted to hear some of your, your transition mm-hmm. to, to Obit singles. Mm-hmm. And I loved the, 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 the story of you coming in, your first game, and... <laughs> 
I, I was I was taking a walk with my dog. When I get when I got penalized. It's so Japan. And, it's so Japan. And I tell people, I tell a lot of people this. In that moment, the you talking about when I got penalized, right? When I got penalized for that hit, right? Yeah. So so yes, very first game. And the opponent wasn't very and for me, I don't I don't look at this is my mentality. Yes. <laughs> I don't care if you're the best team. I don't care if you're the worst team. You're going to get my all every yeah, single you're time. Gonna, you're going to be a dog. Yes, I'm going to. I don't, care, <laughs> I don't care if I'm supposed to blow you out 100 to 0. If I'm on the field, I am going to try and annihilate you. <laughs> and I'm still fresh to the landscape of Japan. So I don't understand how, you know, my teammates are telling me, like, oh, this team's very weak. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. No, like, I don't care. Like, you know, so, so anyway. I know exactly you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about when I basically pretty much scorpioned myself with somebody else's body um, so yeah so they do this little zone read handoff and my responsibility is the running back um, a lot of teams out here they teach to like shuffle down and then chase the running back I was like nah I am going to deliver a message that you cannot run this play on my side. So I run at full speed and I hit this guy and I hit him so hard, he literally kicked me in the back of my own helmet. And I like slammed this guy. Like, and I. <laughs> that it, was, was, it was a legal hit. It was a 100% illegal hit. I hit him, my face mask hit him in his chest. Um, I hit him square in his chest. This was before targeting and stuff like that. I hit him square in his chest. His like feet kick me in the back of my head, and like I drive him into the ground, and I pop up and like like I said, this play literally probably took all of like two seconds. Like it was literally like boom bang, like done. Um, and there's a penalty, and like I'm like, oh that was like what's the penalty on? Like and I'm thinking like illegal formation, false start, offsides. Like I'm thinking like you know I'm, I'm not thinking and. And like, yeah, it goes, you know, they say, and I knew my number and I'm 23 and they go, oh, need you Samban. And I'm like, on me, I'm like, I wasn't offsides. I was like, I'm like, what? And I didn't understand like the whole like unsportsmanlike conduct and all this, like the, the terminology they use. And all I heard was Jugo yard and 15 yards. Right. So I'm like, what? And that's a lot too. And I'm like, so I'm like, whoa, this was a personal foul. Like, and I'm like, this was before targeting. So there was no like targeting or anything like that. I'm thinking like, I didn't grab him by his face mask. I'm like, what the heck? And and so KJ, KJ was pissed and my coach is like, what the heck? And like, so, so KJ was like translating for me and it was like, oh yeah, he, he said your hit was too aggressive. I was like, wait, wait, so it wasn't dirty. It wasn't just, illegal. I'm just imagining the Japanese. Like and this. I'm just like, <laughs> and it, he was like, it was too aggressive. And and I, I, I and I tell a lot of people in that moment, and you know, and KJ told me, he's like, yeah, that's how these refs are out here. You know, he's like, that's, you know, and, and, and like I said, I had, I, I, I literally like sat to myself and I was like, well, I can either play to their rules and not play the way I play or I can say F them and I'm going to always play how I was taught to play. Exactly. And exactly. that's why I tell all these young guys, a lot of these refs aren't as strict on you guys because they had to deal with me. Like I was um, like, I, I can just imagine being and putting myself in the ref shoes and like not, you know, not being used to. Oh, I was. Yes. Like and like, and then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one to. And as my career has gone on, like. The landscape and just players in general have transformed in in the best way. Like players now, like across the X League, man. Like not just the American players, man. The Japanese guys, man. They come in. They come in barreling. They come in. And BJ, I just YouTube last season's highlight. Mm -hmm. It was like like 2021 highlight reel mm -hmm. with like various players, mm -hmm. Japanese and foreigners. Like, oh, guys are yes. Guys are yes, in it. and I love and it. The, your, uh, the, in Olympic Seagulls last year, uh, the running back Taku. Taku had yeah. a 
Oh, he's yes. Hell of a play. I was like, I wish I had seen that. Yeah. (laughs) In the race ball. And I mean, I'm I'm talking about like when I first joined the league. KJ carved the path out for us to be successful and for us for teams to open up to American players. He he carved that road out himself. And then what I look at myself is is I where KJ's work ended, I took over and I carved out how to play this game. And this is how you play. And it's all right to let the animal out the cage. You know, when I, like, like I had Japanese players, like, I had my own teammates telling me, like, that's not how you play football. Right, right. Like I said, I don't care if you're the best team, if you're the worst team. I am going to go 110 miles an hour every single play I'm in. If I can smack you in the mouth, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. If you're bigger than me, I'm going to try and bury you. Because I want you to be bigger than me. I I should like I loved when I would line up and the guy would be bigger than me. Because I'm like, all right, by the end of this game, you're gonna look at your, you're gonna have to go look at yourself in the mirror because this little 180 pound boy is gonna whoop your ass. And that's how I would think about. It. And that's how my dad brought me up. My dad brought me up to be like, don't back down from no one because it don't matter. And that's what I was. That's what I was known for. DJ, I'm just glad that you're my friend. <laughs> No, okay, so, and here's another thing, right? I'm talking like this, I'm talking like this now, but let me tell you this right now. That BJ is between the white lines. You know what I mean? That that BJ only comes out, the only time that BJ comes out. Because it's on the field. Yes, the only time that, that BJ comes out outside of the white lines is when it's time for me to protect my children. When it's time to be Papa Bear, oh, I am one of the scariest Papa Bears ever. Yeah, I will uh, echo the fact that I, you know, I see you as an Instagram friend and, and you know I see your stories and your posts man like you are like a great father no no I try like it's it's a it's the papa bear oh man no and that's why it's funny right because if you <laughs> And you only seeing what I let you see. You're yeah, not yeah, seeing yeah. the the princess tea parties, or you're not seeing, you know. And I'm not afraid to say it on here. I I, I Why love. Why don't you post that story, man? Well, because half the time I can't because I'm supposed to be drinking the tea. Um, my daughters like all get you know mad at me and like you know. Um, but but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, yeah, and I mean no, and and that's another part I tell people like you know, and I talked about earlier, right? Let the animal out the cage. It's like, and that's where football is just so awesome. Like, and I tell and I tell a lot of young kids when I go back home, or when I just talk to kids, I like football, outside of boxing and MMA, football. Our job, at least on defense, is literally to line up, hit that guy across from me as hard as I can within the rules. My job is to physically try and hurt this guy. Like, where else can you do that? You can't do that. Like, in the office, you can't. I'm like, this This is awesome. Like, so yeah, let the animal out. Let him loose. Let him. Let him. Everybody's got it. You remind me of one of my football heroes is uh, Brian Dawkins. D Doc. Yeah. Wolverine. Man. Weapon X. Weapon X. Weapon like, X. Yeah. So that era, I love that era. So BD. Ray Lewis is my favorite player of all time. So literally, just you went from safety to linebacker, right? So like, yeah, Ray Lewis is my favorite, but B Doc's similar, right? And you talk about they, that passion and stuff like that, and like that's the players I grew up. I was like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> With the X League and stuff like that, a lot of it is recruiting, so getting the college kids. So and a lot of times when they would be like, oh, this is one of the top O linemen. I lit one in when they would come to our practice. I would tell them, do you want to play with me, or do you want to play against me? And a lot of them were like, oh crap, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I'm going to Obi. Like. <laughs> Like one of my one of my good one of my one of my favorite teammates, uh, Sakaguchi. Uh, yeah. You know we had you know uh, after my retirement and everything, we were talking. And he 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 still remembers that. He brought that up. He's like you know the very first time you know I came to practice. He's like you you drove me into the ground. He's like and like I remember that practice. I remember then they were like oh this is the top O lineman prospect in Japan. I'm like all right cool. I kicked his ass up and down practice. <laughs> And then I, that, because that was my recruiting tactic. I wasn't a coach at the time, right. but in my eyes, I was like, look, 
he was thinking about going to um, two other teams that we would play against. Oh, okay. And I would, and I told him this: you go against, you go over there. You're gonna have to go against me. Yeah. <laughs> you come over here. You practice against me. Yeah. And when you go to the game, everybody's gonna be easy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I told him, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I was like, if we butt heads and if we go at it, I'm gonna make you better. And as you get better, I gotta get better. So, you know, and and yeah, he was like, and he walked in and he told the coaches, like, yeah, I'm coming to Obey. <laughs> and yeah, he's been, and he's a big boy too. Yeah. He's, how tall is Sakaguchi? I wanna say Sakaguchi's like 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, Maybe a bit. There's some big people in your there team. There are some there's, big, I, I noticed that. across the league, there's yeah, some big there's Japanese big, boys, some big, big man. Boys I mean, um, but, um, yeah, there's some monsters. But yeah, so this is what's amazing to me, VJ, uh, is that you know you you played in, in the the X League for ten years now, mm-hmm. and it is a surprise that you like basically retired from Olympics. Yeah, the way, the way. But but that but I I I had opportunities to go to other teams. Yeah. But I chose to retire because. Yeah, 10 years with them and this would have been 11. It's amazing. And there's I you know and you know they, you know everybody talks about yeah business and loyalties and stuff like that and and it had nothing to do with I wanted to go out with my guys. The guys there's there's two guys that I played with um that have been there my whole career. They're actually a little bit older than me. They've been on the team longer than I have. Yeah. And um I wanted to go out with them and my roommate that I talked about earlier, Fujimo, my former roommate. Yeah. We wanted to go out together. We were both gonna. He's gonna. He plans to retire at the end of this year. We both talked about going out together. And um, and yeah, I just wanted to like as a football player for me. And I told my wife this. I I could have walked away maybe three four years ago, but I just love it. So so much. I, I, I look at you right now, man. You look like you're still energized. Well, just because, yeah, I mean, well, now, because now, you know, I see where I'm needed next. And that's, you know, if you had, t- if you had saw me about two months ago, yeah. man, it, it, it was rough. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. When, when I got cut and things like that, you know, um, funny enough, this is, and I use this as a joke. Yeah. I've never been cut from a team. My Pop Warner teams, my high school teams, never been cut. That's the way my career ends. And I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm gonna see the brighter side of it and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I that's you know, I don't, you don't see me down anymore because I, I see where I'm needed next, and I know, I know what I need to do from here on out. I'm so my next step is I'm trying to coach at the college level nice. here in Japan. Um, nothing set yet. I've I've gotten into contact with a few programs, just kind of waiting to hear back on some stuff. But um, yeah, that's like I said, I that's where I feel like I'm needed next because I want to help Japan football. There's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of great players here. I've played with them. I've played against them. And this younger generation that's coming through now, I mean, when I told you earlier, right, like that just the way the game is played and the way guys look at the game now, I mean, it's awesome. And, you know, I don't I don't credit myself for it, but I think when a lot of players saw me when I was in my, my first couple years, a lot of those guys were still in high school and college. And now when they're coming through now, they're playing with, you know, my first, my first like three or four years, I could buckle people just by being on the field, and I could see it. I could see guys, and I would play into that. You know what I mean? Like, um, like right now, you see me. I'm wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey, right? And it was one of my favorite athletes growing up. And like I, 
that was like all like Kobe would play all those little mind games right and like before games I would see the opponent the other side their offensive lines big eye looking at me right and I would play into it I would start barking and I'm not a guy to really talk I don't yeah I can't imagine you being a, like a, a I, I, I'm not so I'm not gonna start it I, I'll say that I don't start it but I will finish it you know but a lot of guys right I would see them their eyes get all big like oh there's BJ and then I would just like and I would tell them I would start and my Japanese started getting a little bit better and I would tell them like what you looking at yeah I'm coming for you yeah you're gonna be in for a long day like one of my biggest things like I said um, use football right as a tool not it's not the end game it's the tool right my family couldn't afford to pay for my college I wanted to go to college. I use football. Who, who doesn't want to see the world? I use football. Since coming to play in Japan, I went to Europe to play. Um, I got to go to Germany, and then we went to um, Amsterdam, um, winning the championship. My team, we went to Australia. You know, um, I had an opportunity once to go to uh, South Korea to go help with a coaching clinic. Like, all because of a game. Um, you know, you talked about earlier, like about like oh, you know, the NFL and stuff like that, and you know that opening a wound. That's not a wound anymore because had that not happened, I would never come to Japan. I don't come to Japan. I don't meet my wife. I don't have my three children, and that's all because of a game. It's not even like and that's why I say this game can give you so much. I have brothers all across the country all across America because of a game, you know, um, in my whole career. I didn't do anything special. I just did the work. I just did what was expected, what in my eyes, what was expected to be great. Like, it. that's the hardest part is showing up. You have to love the game. Oh, you got to love it. I mean, like you I said, you have the love of the game. Oh, I love. I mean, it's not just football, right? Any sport. If you love it, it'll give it. You know, it can give you so much. And it's not just football. I mean, basketball, whatever you want to do. You know. Thank you so uh, much. Appreciate it. Appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on. Once again, I'd like to thank BJ for coming down to my neighborhood and just chatting it up and just talk about his love for football. Um, if you want to go and contact uh, BJ, you, I'll put down his uh, Instagram handle uh, into the show notes. Also, if you want to learn more about the X-League, go visit the website xleague.jp. You are listening to Made in Japan, conversations with Meljo Catalan. For questions, comments, and concerns, you can email me at japanmademepodcast at gmail.com. And also, you can contact me through my Instagram and Facebook at Made in Japan Podcast. And if you really enjoyed this episode and other episodes that I have done, feel free to give a comment, uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. It really helps a long way to just get the feedback from all you guys. So thanks again for listening and I'll be back again with another episode. Take care and peace out. Peace out.